0: Let's dig into our lesson for this morning, and, and I'll tell you right off the bat, I mean, this is probably going to step on toes, and the reason I know it's going to step on toes is because it steps on mine, and that's usually my intention is just to preach about the things I struggle with, and, and I assume other people struggle with as well. But let me ask you this question. Here's a question I've been thinking about this week. Do you think that our culture is generally too easily offended... Some of you are going to say, yep, absolutely, that's the one. Or, or, do you think that our culture is generally too offensive? It, meaning, not caring about what anybody else thinks. I'm just going to say my opinion, tell you what I think. And if it offends you, who cares? So what? You know, I, I think personally, this is Wes. Personally, I think it's, it's a little bit of both. Sometimes it's a whole lot of both, isn't it? Sometimes I think that there's some of us that are hypersensitive. And sometimes there's some of us that are hyper-offensive, and sometimes those are the same people, and sometimes that's me, right? (laughs) Sometimes we can be a little of all of those things, can't we? We can kind of wear our feelings on our shoulder and and be very easily offended, and sometimes we don't care what anybody thinks. We're just going to say our opinion, and we don't care if it offends Someone, I, I struggle with whether or not I should share this example, but I'm going to. I did in first service. I'll do it in a second. But um, it, it didn't go any better in first. But it's another story. But, and, and here, you can pray for me, okay? Cause, cause this is, this is my struggle, okay? I, I won't judge you based on what you wear. I won't judge you based on your tattoos or your piercings or your skin color or how you talk or where you're from or any of those things. But bumper stickers, man. <laughs> I, I struggle with that one, okay? I mean, that's a, I'll be honest. I struggle with, with bumper stickers and whether or not I should, you know, but anyway. So I was driving down the interstate this week, and I saw some some bumper stickers, and I, I just was thinking about these questions and the irony of some of the combination of bumper stickers. So on the one hand, this person had had a, a, an American flag overlaid with a cross. So I would assume that those symbols were important to him. I'm also assuming it's a man, but that's another assumption. So I, I'm assuming that that those symbols, the flag and the cross, would be precious to him and that he would be probably offended if anybody disrespected those symbols. But at the same time, he also, you know those Calvin bumper stickers, you know the one I'm talking about, the Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes, and he's showing... Um, expressing disdain, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, for uh, different logos and symbols. Not one of those, not two of those bumper stickers, but three of those bumper stickers. Calvin expressing disdain for other symbols and logos. And I just thought, isn't that ironic? That here you have logos and symbols that are precious to him that say, don't disrespect these, but If this is your logo or your symbol, I'm going to express disdain for that, and I don't care if that offends you. that, That kind of summed up the culture in which we live, to me. And how do we navigate that? That's my question. Is how do we, as followers of Jesus, navigate this culture in which we live? What if we say something that offends someone? What if we say something and somebody says, that offends me? Do we write them off? Do we tell them, you're being too sensitive? You shouldn't be so easily offended? Do we criticize them for being offended about something that we say? I hear a term that kind of bothers me, snowflake. You hear people say that? Say, you're being too sensitive. You shouldn't be so offended. I can say what I want to say. Or, on the other hand, what do we do when someone offends us? When somebody says something or does something that irritates us, do we get outraged? Do we try to shame them? Do we say, you don't have any right to talk that way to me and offend me? How do we, as followers of Jesus, navigate this culture? And that's a broader question than just being offended and causing offense. It's a, it's a broad question, and that's what we're dealing with in this series this month. What does wise living look like? What does it look like to speak with wisdom and to act with wisdom, to react with wisdom, to treat people with wisdom? How do we navigate this interesting culture that we live in as followers of Jesus, because it's always shifting and it's always changing, isn't it? Maybe our culture is different than it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago, but I guarantee in 20 or 30 years from now, our culture will be different. And we need to know not just the rules, because nothing, nothing gives you the rules for Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. You need wisdom to know, how do I handle it when something I've said or something I want to say is offensive to someone. And how do I handle it when someone has said something that's offensive to me? I I, I want to look at three sets of three Proverbs and try to glean some wisdom from these and apply these to our lives and just say, as followers of Jesus, how would this shape us? But again, it's bigger than just this issue. All of us are struggling in, in various ways in our life to say, how do I live a wise Spiritual life. Because this wisdom, you're not gonna, you're not gonna figure out how to navigate this world and this culture by listening to your gut. And you're not gonna figure out how to navigate this world as a follower of Jesus by listening to the culture. You're going to have to listen to God, to His wisdom, to the Spirit of God that's behind all of these words, to Jesus, who is this wisdom Embodied. So let's look at some Proverbs together. Look at the first one. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 19. Proverbs 10 and verse 19. When words are many, this is good. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. It's true, isn't it? You you talk long enough, you're gonna mess something up. You talk long enough, you're gonna say something you shouldn't. You talk long enough and you're gonna hurt somebody. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Proverbs 21 and verse 23. Whoever keeps his mouth, that, that is, like keeps a rein on it, holds on to it, doesn't let it run wild. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. And then Proverbs 15 and verse 28 the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Do you see the contrast there? Ponders how to answer in your heart versus letting your mouth pour out all of this stuff, right? I mean, one holds back and is and is careful and says, Should this be said? Is this the right thing to say? Is this the right time to say it? Is this the right way in which to say it? And the other type of mouth that is a lot like my mouth sometimes, and maybe you can relate, it just pours out stuff, right? It just, it comes in the brain and it goes out the mouth. And the writer of Proverbs says, the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. So kind of look at these three Proverbs together. Restrain your lips. Keep your mouth and tongue and ponder in your heart how to answer. If you don't do these things, then you'll find yourself getting into trouble and saying things you shouldn't and hurting people, transgressing and saying evil things. And, and here's what I, I want us to keep coming back to this idea. It's something we introduced week one of this series, that you can accidentally be a fool But it takes intentionality to be wise. You can accidentally be foolish. And that's what happens, right? You just you just say it. I've just said it. You've just said it. We've all just said evil things, hurtful things. We've transgressed against God and against one another with the words that we've said or maybe the words that we've typed or texted or posted or whatever it is that we've done. We've said things that we shouldn't have said because we didn't restrain our lips, keep our mouth and tongue, ponder with our mouth how to answer. There's a time to answer. There's a time to say something. There's a time to say, you know what, I think you're wrong, but, but you have to ponder that. And if you're not careful, if you're not thinking, if you're not restraining, if you're not controlled, then we'll say something that we shouldn't say. Just because we think it, <laughs> Just because we feel it doesn't mean we ought to say it. Wisdom looks like this. It looks like restraining your lips and keeping your mouth and tongue and pondering in your heart how to answer. Now look at another set of verses, Proverbs 15 and verse 4. It says this, a gentle tongue. This is good. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. And then 16 in verse 21, the wise of heart is called discerning and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. I mean, that's, that's something you want, isn't it? That's something I want. If I hold an opinion, I, I think it's the right opinion, right? That's why I hold it. If I didn't think it was right, I wouldn't hold that opinion. And you're the same way. And, and if you hold that opinion, chances are you want to persuade someone else to hold your opinion. And even you say, well, mine isn't a matter of opinion, it's a matter of fact. Okay, okay, even if it's a matter of fact. You want to persuade people to your way of thinking. You want to help them to see the the error of their way of thinking or their way of living. And the proverb writer says that the wise of heart is called discerning and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. Gentle tongue, sweetness of speech. Look at chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. The heart of the wise makes his speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Do do you see? Put those three passages together and think about that. Gentle tongue, sweetness of speech. Gracious words. There's a time to say things. There's a time to voice your thoughts. There's a time to answer people. But wisdom, wisdom looks like sweet talking, gentle talking, gracious talking. And the Proverbs say that if we learn to speak this way, then we'll bring Healing, do you you see that? Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. A gentle tongue is a tree of what, church? Life. When you speak with gentleness and sweetness and graciousness, you bring healing everywhere you go. And you bring persuasiveness everywhere you go. That's who we want to be, isn't it? We want to be a wise people that, Restrain our lips, keep our mouth and tongue, ponder in our heart how to answer. And then when we open our mouth and words come out, we want them to be sweet and gracious, gentle. Why? Because then it brings healing to the world. It brings healing to other people and to ourselves because the other way of talking always gets us in trouble. And it causes more pain and more hurt. Do we see? Do we see that the attitude and the mindset that says, I don't care if you're offended by this, I'm just going to say it? Most often, most often, that's a dangerous way of living your life, isn't it? It's a dangerous way to live your life, to say, I'm just going to say what I want to say, I'm going to say what I think, I'm going to say how I feel, and I don't care if you're offended by it. Rather, wisdom the wisdom of God, spiritual wisdom, wisdom that Jesus embodies, thinks of things from other people's perspective and say, how will this be heard? Will they hear this as being gracious? Will they hear this as being sweet? Will they hear this as being gentle? Am I being empathetic? Am I putting myself in another person's shoes? Or am I just saying what I want to say? Am I saying whatever comes to my mind? Am I restraining my lips? And keeping my mouth and tongue. Am I pondering in my heart how to answer? Now, then there's, then there's the issue of this. What if, what if somebody else says something? So far we've talked about how we should talk and how we should keep from talking sometimes, but what if somebody else says something that's ignorant and foolish and hurtful and offensive? I'll tell you, this is the part I, I really struggle with. I struggle with the other and I, especially struggle with this. See if you struggle with it with me. Proverbs 14 and verse 29 says this, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. It isn't that we shouldn't answer or say something when someone says something offensive. Sometimes, sometimes we should is how do we say it? And do we blow up when we say it? When somebody says something that they shouldn't, do we, do we come at it with an attitude of being wounded? Because often that's what we do, isn't it? I'm wounded, and I want you to know how wounded I am, and I want to wound you because you've wounded me. You see, but, but as Christians, we're healed, aren't we? We're healed. God has healed us. So that even when someone says something that they shouldn't say, we can come at it from a position of health. And we can bring healing and persuasiveness wherever we go. And so we respond, not with an outburst of anger, but instead we realize that wisdom is slow to anger and has great understanding. But he who is, has a hasty temper exalts folly. Look at chapter 10 and verse 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Oh, church, this is so important, isn't it? But it, it's hard. Love does what? It covers over a multitude of sins. It covers over offenses. When I, when I read that term, covers over, you know what I think about? I think about atonement. Do you know that's what the word atonement means? When we talk about an atoning sacrifice, we're saying that that blood of that sacrifice, it covered over the sin. That's what Jesus did for us. That's what Jesus did for you. That's what Jesus did for me. And all the offensive things that you've said and done and the way you've offended and sinned against and transgressed against God, the blood of Jesus has covered over your offenses. Amen? And that's what he calls us to do. That's what wisdom looks like. See, hatred stirs up strife. Hatred says, I'm just gonna, you made me mad. I just got, you kind of stirred the pot, right? I mean, it just makes everything worse and things escalate. But someone who loves comes in. In fact, the way Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, love is patient. and Love is kind. He says it's not easily Angered, And when Paul was listing those things, love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it isn't rude, it isn't self-seeking. He wasn't giving us words for our marriage vows, although it works for that. He was talking about the church. If you love each other, there's sometimes a time when somebody offends you. And what do you do? Cover over it. Wow. Look at the next one. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 11. Good sense. This is what Vance read for us. Good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is his glory. It is his glory to overlook an offense. Now, I mean, I can't speak for women. I could just speak for men because I am one, you know, but I'll tell you that for me, it doesn't really feel like, and I've never really seen amongst men where we think this way naturally, that to overlook an offense is our glory. Do we? And we naturally say, you offended me. I want you to know about it. I want you to hear my wrath. I can't let you walk all over me. I can't let you say that without hearing my response and anger. But The wisdom that comes from the Spirit of God, the wisdom that Jesus embodies, says it is our glory to overlook an offense. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've never scrolled through the news feed on Facebook or Twitter and not been offended by something. Somebody said or somebody posted or somebody liked or whatever, and I'm scrolling down. You know what wisdom does sometimes? Keeps on scrolling. Just keep on scrolling. Don't comment. Don't say anything. Sometimes, sometimes, this is what the text says, that good sense makes a person slow to anger. And it is your glory to overlook an offense. Yes, they shouldn't have said that. They shouldn't have done it. It was rude and it was hurtful. And you're right to not like it, but you don't have to say anything. And you don't have to stir up strife. Now, again, think about these together. The one who lives this way is a person of understanding, of love, And glory. If you're slow to anger and overlook offenses, then you're a person of understanding and love and glory. So when I read all of these, here's what I take away from it. Here's what I take away is that we should be people that strive. We're not going to be perfect at it, but because Jesus is this embodied, we should strive to neither take nor give offense. To be the kind of people that don't easily take offense at something. Even if it's wrong, even if it's hurtful, even if we do need to say something, and we do say something, you could say something, but let it be gracious, and let it be sweet, and let it be gentle. Not the kind of person that flies off the handle, but the kind of person who restrains his lips, a person who ponders in her heart how to answer, to say, is this, is this the right thing to say? Is it the right time to say it? Is it the right way in which to say it? A people who do not easily take offense at anything. And a people who don't give offense. A people who are always thinking about things from other people's perspective. To say, will they hear this in a spirit of gentleness, a spirit of graciousness, a spirit of sweetness? Is that how it will be heard? Because the last thing in the world I'd want to do is transgress against someone or hurt somebody or offend somebody. And so I want to say what's true and what's right and what needs to be said in a way that's gracious and gentle and sweet. And we can only be this kind of people, this kind of wise people, this kind of loving people, by first understanding that this is what God has done for us. That God didn't turn us away when we offended him. That he didn't reject us. Instead, he sent his only son to cover over our transgression and to bring us in and persuade us to be different and to live differently, to give us his spirit, to teach us this kind of wisdom that we might be the kind of people who strive to neither take nor give offense. And church, think think about it on a collective level. What would it be like if every church was this way? If people said about every congregation, you know what? Those people are hard to make angry. (laughs) I mean, they're hard to get mad. They just don't seem to blow up at anybody. Everybody's outraged today. They're not outraged. Why are they so sweet? Why are they so gracious? Why are they so gentle? And why, why, when they tell me that I'm wrong about something and they explain to me how I need to change, They try to do it in a way that's not offensive. They try not to hurt me. They try not to wound me. They try to persuade me. They try to love me into a better way of living. Wouldn't it be great if this could be said about us? Wouldn't it be great if this could be said about me? Wouldn't this be great if it could be said about you? The more we follow Jesus and allow his spirit to teach us wisdom, the more I believe we will be this kind of people. But do not easily take offense and strive never to give offense. Maybe you're ready to walk with Jesus for the first time, to be buried with him because you haven't yet started that journey and allowed Jesus to cover over your transgressions and sins. You've never been baptized into Christ. What are you waiting for? He's waiting to give you that gracious gift, this brand new life. Maybe you need to come back home. Maybe you just need prayers or encouragement. We're in this with you. Our shepherds would love to pray with you after services or right now. Come forward as together we stand and sing.